Galatians 6, verses 11 to 18. See, with what large letters I am writing to you with my own hand. It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised, and only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. For even those who are circumcised do not themselves keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. But far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither circumcision counts for anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. And as for all who walk by this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers. Amen. The word of the Lord. We have been in the book of Galatians for a little bit now, and we are wrapping up today the book of Galatians. This is the final words, the summary, the wrap-up, the things to remember. It's those things, these last words that are brought to us through Paul that he says, I'm doing this in my own hand. See how big I'm writing this. Now that could be because he had some ailment and so he was writing largely because of his eyes or his hands. It could be that he's just saying, look, this is so important, I want you to get it. Much like nowadays when we're writing out a tweet or a response back in text message or SMS or an email and we do all caps, that basically means I'm screaming at you. I don't know if you know that. Maybe that's what he's doing, right? He's saying, look, these are the last words. Not final words. Final words are different, right? Final words are those things that at last grasp of air you say, you know, I should have played with my toys more or something like that, you know. Uh, That's not what this is. These are last words. I I remember for me, uh, growing up, I heard last words a lot from my dad. My dad would give me last words every time that I left the house. He would say something to me. He would always have to have the last word. Um, Now, my dad was a pastor, so you can understand why that might be. And he always wanted to say one of two things to me. The one thing that he would say to me is glorify God in all that you do. So as I'm walking out the door to do whatever I'm doing, going to my job, going to school, if he was at home, he would shout out to me or say to me, glorify God in all that you do. That was one. And that one was hard to ignore because it would creep in when you would begin to decide to do things that might not glorify God. I would think of my dad saying, glorify God in all that you do. Now, that his intention was not to shame me, I don't think, uh, but it was to remind me of something. The second thing that my dad would say, his final words, were this. Remember who you are and whose you are. So he'd say, remember who you are and whose you are. Now see, the interesting thing about my folks is they never would say, um, you need to be in at this time, or don't go do these bad things. 
But they would always leave me with, remember who you are and whose you are. And it was much deeper than just, well, I'm a hinkle. You know, that's my heritage and I'm Danny and Anita's son. He was meaning something more than that. He's not just saying, you're Daniel Lee Hinkle II. I did that purposefully because I never wanted you to be called Junior. But it was his final words to me all the time. Every time I left the house, if he happened to be home, that's what I would hear. These are Paul's final words. These are the things that he is leaving with them. He's written this letter. He's given them all sorts of things to chew on, to think about. There's been challenges. There have been ups and downs. There's been places where he's extended great love. And there's been places where he's been really quite angry with them. And what he wants to do is he wants to leave them with something. He wants to say, here you go. If all else fails, remember this as I depart from this letter. And so what are his final words to us? Well, really, it's just a reminder of everything that he's been talking about. It's a reminder of this. That the reality of our lives is that each and every one of us have a propensity or a tendency to move to the place of hypocrisy. We all will say, this is the ideal, this is what we think should happen, this is how everybody should live, and we tend to build it up based on what we think will be easiest for us to do. And then we recognize that we ourselves can't do it. How how do we see that? Well, he says right here. Verse 12. It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised and only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. For even those who are circumcised do not themselves keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in you. See, oftentimes our hypocrisy really is built around the fact that we want people to do the things that we want them to do in order for us to say, look, I've got them doing what I want them to do. Now, we never say it that bluntly. We never think about it in those terms directly. But very indirectly, we set up schemes and systems and places for us to be able to go, are they doing what I like them to do or are they not doing what I like them to do? And we express our love, our joy, our admiration for those who do the things that we think are the things that should be done and not the things that shouldn't be done. And really, as we've learned throughout the whole book of Galatians, it's not even about those external manifestations, right? It's not about those external actions. It's about the heart. It's about the things that are going on inside of us. It's not the root of the flesh, but it's actually the Spirit and flowing with that. And see, the reality is, is we all have systems and we all have rules and we all have things that we set up, but none of us can follow them. And that's why Paul gives us this final word. He wants to remind us of the cross. He wants to remind us of the incarnation. He wants to say that there is a third way. So, he's presented two options. There's the option of those that are the Judaizers, who say there's lots of external things that you can do in order to receive righteousness from God. 
So for them, it happens to be circumcision and following certain dietary laws and maintaining the festivals. And we kind of look at that and go, that's all crazy, but we all have our own systems as well. Right? You do this, you do this. You read the Bible. You have a personal quiet time. You make sure you only sing these type of songs and not those type of hymns. I mean, we can get really dissected into it. But they all have to do with our own effort and our own external moving. So that's one thing. The other way that we talk about is the fact that we go, I'm never going to be able to accomplish that, so I might as well just live life for me to my fullest and do the things that I want to do that I get the most pleasure and enjoyment and power and satisfaction from. The way some people put it is legalism and licentiousness. It's a big word, right? Licentiousness. It just basically means me, 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 me. Just for me. Only for me. The reality is, is legalism is the same thing. It's saying me, 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 me. And that's what he's saying here. But then Paul in these final words reminds us of all of what the book of Galatians says. And says, no, there's a third way. And from the very beginning, he's been calling out to us, singing a song over us of freedom, of unity, and of service. That we are new people in Christ through the crucifixion, as this verse says. But far be it from me to boast in anything except for the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me, and I to the world. So now nothing matters, circumcision or uncircumcision, but the new creation. That Christ on the cross and through His resurrection brings about a revolution, a new thing that is going on. But it's not like a new, brand new, only ever been done before. It's actually the continuation of the new thing that God started from the foundations of the world. That he says, I want you to be in whole relationship, truth relationship, real relationship, right relationship with me who is your creator, who knows you completely, with yourself, so you will know who you are in me, with all others around you, and with the place that I have placed you. That there is ultimate hope and peace and grace and mercy, as he calls out to at the end of this passage. That all those who follow this new rule, this new covenant, they will walk in peace and mercy will be upon us. And the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ will be with us in our spirit. That this third way recalls and reminds us that we have been marked by Christ. Not only that, but that we are in Christ. It's really a hard thing to find ways to describe this, to make it really easily digestible for us to have. Because it seems so out there. It seems like too good of news. That the creator of the world, the mighty one, the God who sits on the throne, who is holy and beyond all compare, would long, long 
for us. Desire us. And has made it so, made it possible for us to move into that place without us doing anything at all. Our hearts want to go, maybe just a little. I just want a little. And whether it be because we want a little credit or because we feel like we just need to do something. The fact is, is that in Christ, the marks of Jesus. Now, Paul here is talking about persecution. He's talking about the fact that he's been beaten down. He's talking about the fact that, look, you leave me alone (laughs) because I bear the marks. You guys want to put marks on other people. That's what he's saying. You guys want to have other people hurt their flesh. I've received hurts on my flesh because of Jesus. And he's not calling out to us who are followers of Christ to go provoke people in order to get marks on our bodies. He's not calling us out to say, unless we have marks, we're anything less. That would be totally antithetical. That would be totally against what he's talked about in all of Galatians. But what he's reminding us is this, as Jesus stands up in Isaiah, we see it say that by his stripes, by his wounds, we are healed. What are the marks of Christ that we bear? They are, in fact, the marks of Christ. They're his. That he has healed us by. That we have been joined with him in his death, burial, and resurrection. And that we now are new creation together that's why he calls out at the end brothers brothers together family together that we are called to be with one another that we can't actually understand or grasp or grab hold of this great mercy and wonder of god's grace this fact that i am saved by that alone that there is nothing i can do that it is jesus plus nothing equals all righteousness and salvation. There's nothing I can add, but I need you all to remind me of that. And you need me to remind you of that. That we need one another. That in fact, we carry one another along in this understanding that the world is hard and that there are things that come in and try and steal our joy. They try and change our focus. They try and say that we're somebody that we're not. But we need one another. To come along, He's given us together as brothers and sisters to know it. So what are the things that He reminds us of? He reminds us of this. That in Christ there is freedom. That we walk in the Spirit. We have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. That we have mercy and compassion running through us. That we stand in a place of for all others. That there's nothing that separates us from Christ. And the only thing that matters is this new covenant, which is expressed through faith in love. These are Paul's final words. Us. They're the things that he wants us to grasp most of all. And oddly enough, they sound a lot like my dad. Who are you? And whose are you? But 
Paul's reminding us is that we are God's. That we are God's. That's whose we are. That He loves us. That we are His children. That He has pursued us. And He has brought us in. That He has adopted us. That He has transformed us. That He has changed us over and over again. So that we are moving ever increasingly into places of being the truth self that we are. That truth that lines up with His truth of who we are. That we are beloved above all else. That's whose we are. And who you are? Who you are in your particularness is exactly who God made you to be. In all your quirks, in all your ailments, in all your failures, in all your triumphs, in all your particularness. It is exactly who God made you to be. Not that He's pushing you into sin or giving you these things to test you, but but He knows you. He's created you. He's designed you. He's informed who you are. And it's a reminder that we stand in freedom because our failures don't end us. Our failures aren't the things that define us over and over again. Who you are is who God made you to be. Oftentimes I think that we long for perfection. We long for perfection. And the only place that we can be perfect is in Christ. Because He is perfect. But we long for it and we think we can attain it for some reason, in some way. And he's saying, no, who you are, who you are is who I made you to be in Christ. And then you're perfect. Then you're perfect. And so, as we wrap up this passage, as we move beyond this into other places, as we put aside Galatians for a minute, there's a couple of things that I hope that you're able to do. One is I hope that you go back to Galatians. I hope you go back and you read it over and over again because it's a great book and it's a book, a letter that's going to inspire you and remind you. The second thing is I hope that we remember that we are free in Christ, that we have unity because of that freedom. There is no division among us, that all people are His, that He galls us and builds us together. And then the last thing is this, that we will serve with one another because He calls us to that, that we live lives that do this, If we walk in this rule, this new creation of faith expressing itself out with love, as I said before, we walk in peace and mercy and grace. And so I hope that we will be people of mercy, peace, and grace. Let me pray. Father, we thank You for Your love for us. We thank You that You are with us. We pray that these words be Your words and that they will not return void to You. If they are not Your words, that they will burn up and that they will be cast away. But if they are Your words, that they will take root in our lives. It's in Your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.